0: With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, it's Rob here from the
1: Dig Deep the Mining Podcast, and today I've got Richard Verkley, who is the CEO and executive chairman of Eco Metals Recovery, which is a new green mining equipment manufacturing business. Um, that is entering the global mining market, uh, predominantly, I think, in gold, um, where they've got a unique metals recovery system called the separator. So um, let's get straight into this, and I want to welcome Richard. So hi, Richard.
2: Good day, sir. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad. It's uh, obviously we're doing this over Skype. I'm in the UK and it's nice and sunny here, and you're you're dialing in from.
2: I'm I'm calling in from Spain and it's really sunny here.
1: Very nice. I was in Spain last week actually, so uh, huh? I, so um, I know what the weather was like out there. So pretty good. So let's get straight into this. So I want you, I want you to uh, give us a, uh, an overview of um, Eco Metals Recovery, um, what you're about, um, and what part you're going to play within the mining industry. And then I've got a, um, a few questions that I like to uh, ask you afterwards.
2: Sure. All right. Well, Eco Metals Recovery had its birth about two and a half years ago. Uh, it got it got born in the uh, jungles of Ecuador, and okay. we 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 have a uh, a small reclamation plant out there. And uh, one of my friends, uh, a German engineer, he runs that for us. And he had a friend that came out one day, and uh, we just got talking, and I found out this uh, this individual had been working for about twenty years to try and create a new piece of technology that could basically separate precious minerals from minerals, but do it in an ecologically and sort of sound way. And that was really the challenge, uh, was for him, it, it really started, if you heard his story, he'll tell you that, you know, it was that 20 plus years back, there was a poisoning in a river and he got sort of worked up about it thought, you know, something could be done and, and sort of went on this mission. and. <clears throat> it ended up that this was not an easy thing to develop. And one of the things that basically held that back was more or less the materials that were available at the time. But what changed things dramatically about four years ago were some of these new uh, aerospace polymers that allowed a machine to use a completely different principle from any other machine out there today that basically separates metals from minerals. And, you know, if we were to look at mining equipment as it stands, you'd find that pretty much everything we're doing is like 800 years old. We use gravity uh, separation, we use uh, centrifugal force to sort of drive these things apart. Well, he developed a piece of machinery that identifies uh, the precious metals and separates it or grabs it out from the mineral flow and drops it down to a lower chute. And so you have, uh, you know, the waste or the sand and gravel going out the top. and you have uh, precious metals coming out the bottom. So I can tell you this is radically different. And I was just in uh, Johannesburg, uh, Africa and in South Africa and I was at the largest um, mine, mining and metals testing facility pretty much in the world, 22 acres of scientific equipment, all about this. And uh, we, we were there and, and it had to do with a mining project we're interested in. But we did have a sort of a short conversation around the table. And this was full of scientists and you know people who spend their day looking through electron microscopes and doing chemical separation and all these things. And I mentioned what we were doing. And you could see the eyes roll okay. and wanting to know, well, how, how how are you doing that? How are you doing that? And so it, it's an exciting technology. And we've just got through the prototype stage. And now we're we're basically working with one of the largest mining equipment manufacturers, and we're running a testing program. And That's going to take probably another six to twelve months, and then basically the uh, you know the technology should become commercially available. So so that's that's my story on the separator.
1: Yeah, no worries. Well, that's the that's one of the first questions I was going to go on to. Obviously, the uh, the separator, um, and obviously doing a bit of research beforehand. I um, I noticed that you had a tagline um, changing the way the world mines, um, and that's that's quite a statement. So, what is the separator, um, and why is it different from other equipment?
2: Yeah, well, you know, as I mentioned, sort of the technologies are, are, are completely different. But what's it, what sets it apart is there's 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 no chemicals. Uh, there's nothing dirty if you can imagine a piece of machinery that all that comes out is sand and gravel it can go back to where it came from and whether that was crushed stone or not uh, or, or, or whether it was alluvial which is you know what we find in river old riverbeds and streams it actually adds nothing but water okay. and uh, as it comes back out the the water is clean it hasn't picked up you know any, any mercury or chemicals arsenic and those sorts of things that have been used in the industry for many years and so it's just uh It it sets itself apart from that. Secondly, it's extremely light and it's extremely durable. And it can be built like a Lego system. And and so really, if you want to mine one ton an hour, you can do that. If you want to do 100 or 200 or 1,000, it can be scaled up. And it actually snaps together now. If there's big significant miners out there and they're going, something snaps together, it sounds like it'll break. I have to tell you, it's far more durable than anything that exists out there today. And when I talked about the polymers and aerospace materials, this is one of the reasons. It's extremely durable It lasts and it wears longer. But on the other hand, you know, uh, it can be shipped in a boxcar and, and put together. And, and when I say snap together, I don't want you to think Lego. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're latching metal uh, pieces that, you know, allow it to perform in, in a commercial way.
1: Yeah, and I suppose easy transport um, transportable as well.
2: Well, that's that's really the key. Uh, you, you you could backpack with three people a version of uh, of this into extremely difficult terrain and 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 run testing, and or you know you can ship a uh, a a box on a ship uh, a cargo ship and, and and land it and and do fifty tons an hour you know with it. So, like I say, it's extremely versatile.
1: Yeah. So, what got you into this business? Um, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the team? team that you've got there?
2: Sure well you know obviously I went and I got some education in the world of geology and geography and that was many many years ago for your readers who can't see me I'm just yeah. a, just a young 60 year old and had been involved in mining oil and gas uh, you know through most of my life as well as some other businesses but I was in Ecuador at the time and, and uh, you know, sort of where the, not the discovery, but my discovery of this equipment got made. And so that's, that's what got me into this particular uh, realm of business. But at the same time, we were also um, uh, working in an area that was all reclamation. So if you can imagine, you know, 13 and a half kilometres of uh, uh, sort of two, mountain, two mountains with a valley down below. And for hundreds of years, that valley has been mined. and at the bottom of that valley is all the tailings and And uh, you know the Ecuadorian government has a situation where they'd like to clean that up because it is full of mercury and it is full of all these things. and so uh, there I was when this guy you know comes to me and he he starts telling me you know about what this is and and I can tell you i'm not I'm not an engineer, but my engineer was standing next to me, and his eyes were rolling around in his head, yeah so. You know we quickly had a conversation and I you know I asked him what he wanted and he says you know and, and, and you know this is sort of a fiscal question he went I want to change how we mine I want to change you know what we do to the environment he, and 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 he was very passionate about this <laughs> and that's what got me interested I, I, I you know you could see the passion and and it wasn't money that he wanted first and foremost he actually wanted to make a difference and so that's what got us going
1: yeah, and your team. What's what's your team um, made made up of at the moment?
2: Okay, well, we have an exceptional uh, team, and I, I uh, our CFO comes from uh, his name's Robert Van der Zom, and he's worked with some of the largest mining companies in the world, and and uh, whether that's aluminum or, or or you know precious metals, I'd spent many years in that. Um, we have a COO who comes from the finance uh, industry and his name's james and you know he was really sort of critical in the ma- major trading sectors and uh, basically moving some of the old technologies to blockchain technologies and you'll find sort of maybe later in the conversation that's something else that we also do we're involved in uh, blockchain technology and so with that i have uh, probably two 30 40 year old or, or 30 to 40 year old experienced uh you know of significant miners who've worked all over the world who are part of our project and that's one of the reasons we're in South Africa. You know it, it it is one of the major you know mining jurisdictions in the world and a technology like this you know just like in the Ecuadorian situation not only does it have the ability to mine cleanly it has the ability to go in and clean up and, and, and separate what's left in those tailings but also uh, you know send the materials in different directions and and so at the same time it'll find a way and this is really important for government it'll find a way to clean up and pay for itself at the same time because it will pick up a bunch of the metals that were missed especially in older uh, mining areas where if if you could sort of see mining which which I have seen in the Aztec times where they seen it where you know where they saw a physical vein of gold they would chip it out and the rest would fall to the floor. Well, what, was, what would fall on the floor back then would be you know, full of mm-hmm. disseminated gold today, and, and you could sort of make, make a lot from that. And then as time progressed, we got better and better at capturing you know, as much of the metals as possible, but it was using dirty processes. And so now we can go back in those tailing piles, we can clean those up, we can separate uh, the chemical, it can run off in, in, into a holding pond, so it's no longer sitting there active in the ecology of the area. We'll also grab the precious metals uh, that come of that, and the rest of the stuff that comes out would be sort of clean clean gravels, and they can go back into the pit. And so now you have a situation where you've actually corralled uh, the toxins, and they're not leaking into, uh, you know, the, the the, the water table, or into streams, and those sorts of things, which, quite frankly, is the case today, in uh, you know any place that was in mined, you know, sort of fifty years back, they're they're highly toxic environments.
1: Yeah, yeah, sadly. Um, again, doing my own, uh, doing my research, um, I saw that you have another project uh, called Karis. What's that?
2: Well, uh, Karis is 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 a new blockchain uh, product, and. I I I'll I'll just sort of give a little bit a little bit of background here because when people hear blockchain they think Bitcoin or Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. and, you know there 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 are um, currency tokens like like Bitcoin and you know they do function on blockchain and of course there's been a lot of media and, and unless you're living in a pretty dark hole you know you've heard about. Sort of everything that's going on in this new world with cryptocurrencies. Well, a, a cryptocurrency is just something that allows you to transact between various blockchains. But really, what is a blockchain? Well, a blockchain is something that really pulls together a series of transactions between a number of parties that used to travel you know what what, what we would all think if, if you were to compare uh today to sort of yesterday you know it's like, like like a farm wagon going from one place to the other to the other getting a document here getting that signed here shipping this piece over there having this piece ship and go over there And we experience that with, like, you know, for instance, Amazon today, where bing, 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 there's a connection and a package comes to you. Well, blockchain is meant to actually improve and speed up that process. And and what it does is it creates a series of nodes or nodules through a transaction chain. And so our transaction chain is right from the source of mining you know, it comes from mining, it, it comes to the mine, it's, it's partially refined. It goes from there to a what I would call a super refiner who makes it, you know, pure gold to a certain degree. It then gets shipped to electronics manufacturers or jewelry makers. And from those points, it, it, it then travels up to, uh, you know, possibly a jeweler, a watch manufacturer or an industrial manufacturer. And from there to the customer. And what happens inside of our blockchain is it tracks every one of those movements and it happens all at once so when when i say that you're you're not the retail person who is you know, c- calling a wholesaler who is calling a manufacturer who is calling a miner who is placing a bid on some uh, some gold somewhere you right through that blockchain can go right to the miner and ask for you know a, a 2 kilos of 0.999 gold and then you can watch it move you know sort of through the system and what a blockchain is is just a source of truth. And in this case, this is really important. I, I love the statistic that 70 70% of all gold is refined in Switzerland. And about and 70% of the gold that is refined in Switzerland doesn't come from gold mining countries. And, and, and what's happening here in this new world is you know we want to know where it's coming from. Is it clean? Is it green? Uh, you know, is, is is it is it funding you know terrorism or, or negative activity in certain countries? And so the pressure is on, just like it was with currency and facta and all the regulation that's coming, all of this is coming to the precious metals world. And so our blockchain is there to meet those demands. But more importantly, even though it does all of these things, if you can imagine, you have smart contracts that are at every one of these nodes. Those used to be called accountants and lawyers, <laughs> yeah. and, and and so what happens is, you know, it travels from the source to the end user, and it cuts out a significant portion of the cost, and increases the efficiency, but also produces a pedigree of, of where it's from and and was it mined safely and was it mined cleanly, and all that can sort of be verified along the blockchain. So. Mm. One of my favorite stories to tell in this regard is just for for people to sort of grasp this. And I'm I, I'm a Canadian originally, but I'm I'm going to use California in in this story. But if you can imagine 100 and so odd years ago, you have a bunch of little towns popping up, and you know some smart guy. You know le- electricity's out there, but of course it's not way out there on you know sort of the horizon. And he gets a generator and gets it running, and you know he's running his light bulbs and maybe some simple tools. Then his next-door neighbor says, hey, uh, you know, can I plug into your thing? I want to do what I do. And then you just sort of follow the chain of events where all of a sudden he's got 15, 20 customers. You know, 20 years later, the town is wired, and, and, and he's Johnny Farmer Electric Company. And, you know, 15 miles down the road is, is another small town that was going through the same transitions. And all of a sudden, the biggest guy buys three guys. And, and, and then the biggest five guys by the other guys. And pretty, pretty soon what you have here is you have California Power, which owns all the power that runs in California. And these are called utilities. Well, this is what I'm actually talking about. A blockchain is a utility. And probably in your lifetime, you may have one opportunity to join a utility and, and sort of get there at the very beginning of its activity. So if you think about keras chain it's a utility that you know basically runs imaginary wires you know all the way through the process to the end customer and records every transaction so you know where it is what it did and how it was going well what happens next well there will be some similar blockchains and i've seen many of them that have to do with uh, the the gold industry where uh you know they're creating widget x and they want to back it with gold so If you're making a purchase in this you know that in fact you know uh, your dollars are protected because you know whatever this blockchain is is holding you know two tons or one ton of gold to back all of their transactions well okay that's sort of a blockchain that'll join our blockchain because they need to know the source and they need to buy the gold and as you start to sort of you know work this out on a global basis what we are actually doing is rewiring the world with a super efficient high-speed source of truth you know in terms of your transaction so i don't care if you want to buy adidas you know it, it it'll go through a bunch of handlers today and and paperwork and POs and issued invoices and payments just think of all that happened automatically what if gold became you know sort of a payment uh, type right and and so maybe my blockchain would join that blockchain but if you're already in your sort of in your head you should be imagining all of these things sort of globally connecting each other. And pretty soon, everything you do, you'll really, I mean, we're already doing it on our phone and and we're doing it through digital methods, not blockchain methods, you'll be able to go much further you know sort of in, into the process and into the system and maybe you won't use Amazon maybe you'll just talk to that individual themselves and they'll send the package to you so I don't want I don't want people to scramble out of Amazon stock today <laughs> yeah. but ultimately Amazon is also developing a, a cryptocurrency so you can see the whole world is sort of moving in this direction knowing that it's about to get rewired and many of the ways that we do business today are going to change dramatically because of blockchain and it's going to become efficient. You can, I don't know if you ever sort of made a purchase overseas and, the, you know, the trouble and you have to use Visa and sometimes they'll take it and sometimes they won't. And, and none of this is going to matter in the future. Okay. You'll go right to the source and you'll be able to do something, you know, by by, by pushing a button and, and everything will be certified and guaranteed and it'll ship to you. And, and nobody can cheat the system because every time there's a transaction, all the terminals in the system record the, the transaction. So somebody wants to walk off with it and doesn't show up and, and says I sent it, everybody would go, actually it didn't pass, you know, a node C. So it didn't happen. So that's, that's, that's really the important part, yeah. safety, security and speed.
1: And transparency between yep. all the different stakeholders.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I have to tell you, the world sometimes gets annoyed. way you know, especially in the gold industry where, you know, there's a lot of movement and, and there's countries that a lot of the gold comes from that are quite poor. And if they actually just got a little bit of their fair share, you know, schools, education, healthcare, transportation, all of those things would be dramatically improved. So mm. you can see there's gonna be a lot of momentum sort of behind this. And and so I'm not telling you to buy Keras, but I am telling you, you know, if you are an investor, you should be looking at blockchain products that you would have knowledge of. Yeah. And and you know, precious metals may not be your thing. And 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 maybe uh, you know transportation is, and you'll see who's who, who's growing the big utilities. Yeah. Well, there's something that you know you might want to buy that stock and uh, stick it in your your safe and in an envelope to your grandkids and go. Here 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 you go. I put a hundred dollars here. It's it's you know it's three hundred thousand now that you're twenty. Maybe you don't want to do that. But...
1: Yeah yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what makes Caris unique, and, and is it currently available to for uh, for customers?
2: Yeah, well, Keras itself is having its uh, uh, first launch, and, and there's 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 a series of ways you go about sort of building a blockchain, and, and obviously, this is a huge uh, technological undertaking, which requires lots of programmers and management teams and sales teams to sort of tie all these people into the system, and so you go through a series of, of staged fundings, you know, where you sort of uh, you know, you, you build the product, you know, you build the brand, and then, and then, and then you do a, a fundraising. And we're doing our first fundraising. That's happening in about a week and a half, actually in South Korea. Okay. And and and, and the reason it's happening there is there are about 40 percent of the global volume of 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 investors in this type of technology. Uh, they're extremely savvy, and they get the concept uh, big time. And so we'll, we'll launch there and then uh, we, we have sort of two or three what we call private placement launches. And then we'll have an IEO, which is an ex- initial exchange offering, which is the global uh, offering. And, and that'll be happening in about 30 days after those, uh, the first stage offerings in Korea. Hmm.
1: OK. Lastly, last question. Um, obviously, it does sound it's going to really change the world of uh, mining. What are I suppose the bigger? What is the bigger picture for you guys um, and your sort of longer term vision?
2: Well, as 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 I was sort of talking about, you know, the the big picture is the utility, and 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 you know, being part of that sort of global change and that global process, and and really, that's our function. Is we have a number of projects. We just talked about two of them today, but all of them, all told, would tell you. Very forward and futuristic looking in, in, in terms of uh, the company and, and the people that are with us. We have some of the top senior level executives out of some of the top major firms in the world who sort of coalesce together under this, let's do it different, let's do it better. You know, it's just not all about the almighty buck. And, and I, I just gave a little, an interview a little while ago and somebody said to me, why do you do this? And I said, I'm a Star Trek kid. And they went, what? And I said, yeah, I said, you know, it was five or six years old, I, I saw the first ones. And, you know, people used to think Star Trek, you know, when, when it first came out, it was sort of cowboys and Indians in space, but that's not what Gene Roddenberry wanted to do. He, he wanted to talk about the ascent of man and making a difference in the fact that we have the ability to be different. We have the ability to change. We have the ability to sort of lift our species to a higher plane. And that's what I've loved about Star Trek all along. And I, I can tell you that that's, that's my passion. And if I was to have my other guys on here, they might not have watched Star Trek, but they think the same thing. You know, we, we we have kids, we have grandkids, and we're sitting there looking at what goes on and how it goes on. And we've now decided to focus on how do you make a difference? How do you clean things up? How do you do things differently? And so we have some extremely talented uh, executives in this company who went, OK, well, you know, I, I, I bought my house, my, my, my kids are growing. What, what do I do next and how do I do something that makes a difference? And so that's really where this, uh, you know, these companies have come from. It's, it's the thinking of these types of people.
1: Hmm. Which, again, I think is an important aspect of mining. Um, obviously, the uh, environment and making it, making it more cleaner. Um, no matter where you mine, anywhere. So, I think this obviously, this technology that you're developing and manufacturing um, is going to be really beneficial to the industry as a whole.
2: Oh, well, in fact, we're not going to make these changes without it. Yeah. All that super little technology you have, uh, you know, w- one of the things the separate will be able to do, and, and we, we actually haven't got there yet, <laughs> would be able to grind up old electronics and strip out the precious metals as it goes by and use them again. And it's all of these, you know, super precious metals that really make a difference in connectivity and speed, and a cleaner, greener, you know, sort of future. You know, can you can you imagine a black and white television, you know, of the 50s? How much energy, power, and resources it used? Well, look at your laptop. It'll be your television, your telephone, your 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 uh, photography studio, your your communications device. So. 10, you know, bulky pieces of technology have been replaced by a laptop or an iPad or something like that, but in there is all these sort of high processing, you know, um, metals that actually make this possible, so let's just do this green. You know and let's get the tools you know t- together that we all sort of collectively use and have come to love and enjoy and possibly sometimes hate. but you know the world is moving forward and and we you know let let's do it cleanly and and that's really you know our mantra is just to make that difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, appreciate your time, Richard, um, and uh, sharing us uh, a bit about your company and the, the journey that you're on. Um, if our audience wants to get in contact with you, how can they go about doing that?
2: Well, they can go to KarisChain.com or they can go to uh, EchometalsRecovery.com uh, and you, know, you, you of course, can uh, make a statement in there or, you know, communicate with us or or contact us and we'd be able to or happy to, you know, talk back if there's any interest.
1: Yeah. Um, and are you on any social media platforms at all?
2: Yeah, well, of course, my name's Richard Berkeley. So and that's spelled V-E-R-K-L-E-Y. And LinkedIn, of course, is uh, one of the places you'll find me. And, of course, you can also find uh, me on Facebook. Um, you can find Robert Van Der Zalm, uh, who's our CFO. He's also on LinkedIn. And, and you know, pretty much we can help direct you into, you know, the pr- appropriate party, and it may actually be us. And you'll notice that, you know, sort of the two big guys are, aren't scared to take your call. I mm-hmm. mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's really about getting this done and 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 you know sort of being that open book so people will want to participate. So if, if you have listeners out there who are interested, we'd be happy to talk to them. Yeah,
1: no worries. Um, alternatively, you can contact myself via email, which is rob at mining-international.org, and I can pass those messages on to, uh, on to Richard. Great. Um, well, thank you for listening. hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I'm getting some really positive feedback, um, so appreciate all the listeners that are tuning in every Thursday um if you subscribe obviously it gets automatically downloaded to your phone or device wherever you're listening um the podcast from um again any listeners that are um, that are listening that want to be a guest i'm happy to uh happy to um, receive um an email from you um if you've got a story to tell um always happy to uh to um hear from guests that would like to be a guest on the podcast so until
0: next time happy mining Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.